Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome to Playing Out from the Back. Uh, this week, I'm joined by my friend, my compadre, Mo Spencer. How are you? I'm good today, mate. I'm good today. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, and uh, I can tell you why, because we have a special guest. We have ex-Arsenal, Wimbledon, Fulham's Ian Selly. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Looking forward to this one. Being an Arsenal fan, ex-Arsenal player, got the privilege to play with you a little bit as well. So, um, so yeah, looking forward to this one, mate. Yeah, seems like the, the jersey day seems like a long, long time ago. Yeah, 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 exactly. The jersey. Yeah, it was. It must have been about what seven, eight years ago, maybe even longer yeah, than pro- that. Actually, no, I think it's probably. Day. I think it's probably pushing towards ten, eleven years. I think it was. Yeah, long time. Jesus Christ, no, that was know. a long time ago, man. <laughs> Mo, is that one of you? One of like forty clubs you've been at? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? Um, non-league wise, I I only probably played for about four or five clubs I never really bounced around I wasn't one of them guys that did like three clubs a season I was normally like once I started I just stuck it out you know what I mean I didn't really really jump around so yeah yeah that's the worst thing about uh non-league I think is that you do it's, it's struggling to see where players are going to stay at the club I think you you look back at I think I have to take like three squad photos a year I think <laughs> <laughs> one before Christmas one after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think COVID, COVID's probably saved us actually keeping quite a lot of the team. But um, yeah, I mean, how, how are you finding that, Ian? Before we jump into sort of the, the pro side, how are you finding non-league? Yeah, it's, it's been good. Obviously, the, the sort of the the back end of my career. Uh, obviously, when I sort of went to Woking out of the league, and um, obviously that's when I sort of started my non-league career. Really, and I was I was I was one of these guys that I I was quite loyal to teams um, but uh, like I say when you sort of come to the tally you do bounce around a little bit through different leagues and um, you know I sort of tended to sort of go to teams that I knew the manager and I, I get a little bit looked after but yeah it's, it's, t- it's obviously totally different you know like you know it's um, as they say it's a part-time 
job, but it's not. It's it, you're on it all the time when the season's going. So, yeah, it's been it's been enjoyable. It's, it's frustrating that. Uh, yeah, obviously COVID kicked in a few times and it, it sort of upset was upsets aside and uh, a little bit. But uh, no, touch wood so far it's been uh, it's been good. Yeah, no, it's good good to hear that. I mean, we'll we'll uh, revert back to obviously where it all began. Um, can you sort of tell obviously the listeners your, your steps into the program, how it started, and sort of your your journey through to obviously the end. Yeah, I, I was playing for a local team, um, Ace United in uh, Surrey. Uh, we were part of like the West Surrey Boys League, and we had um, you know, three or four good players in the side. Uh, but we managed to get to a few cup finals, and uh, you know, there's a few scouts that went to these little cup finals as a what was it, nine and ten year old. Um, we sort of played local in these finals, and I got invited to go up uh, one day a week to to Arsenal to train with uh, Pat Rice, which was at Highbury, but it was in the the old JBC centre, the indoor centre there. So, um, yeah, I, I was at the club from sort of 19 years old at Arsenal and, uh, you know, sort of was lucky enough to, to sort of work my way through um, to sort of schoolboys, uh, signers of YT uh, and then obviously reserves and first team. So it was, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, people think it's quite a glamorous lifestyle and it's not, there's it's a lot of hard work and dedication, especially sort of as a, as a very, very young kid. You know, I, I remember we were going in to... Uh, the school holidays, you know, for a couple of weeks at a time, and you're sort of in a hostel with all these lads from around the UK, from Scotland, Isles, uh, Ireland, Wales, and it was quite daunting. I was always quite a quiet guy, quite a kid, and um, yeah, you're sort of put in a environment where you got sort of kids from all around, all around uh, the UK, and it was it was it was really tough, you know. And uh, but no, I, I I enjoyed it, and um, you know, Arsenal were always a, a club that I'd liked, and. Um, yeah, the reason probably why I stayed with them was was at the time the first team manager George Graham was was giving young lads a chance, you know. And um, I think when I was when I was sixteen, I had a chance to to go to Chelsea. Um, but I think because I'd been at Arsenal for a few years as a youngster, um, yeah, my, my, my dad loved the way Arsenal run things. They were very very professional, and uh, yeah, they were giving sort of these young boys a a run out. You know, like Mercers, Tony Adams, Roe Castles, Thomas. There were so many that were coming through. It was a bit of a conveyor belt, so um, so yeah, I sort of stuck with it and and you know uh, worked there as a, as a YT. Moved away from uh, Chertsey where I lived with my parents uh, for a couple of years in Digs in Barnet, which you know made me grow up pretty quickly. Uh, and then <laughs> and then, and then uh, yeah, I was, I was in uh, the, when I was when I was a first year. Ray Parler was um, obviously one of the well known names at the time. He was uh, sort of a second year YT, so it was good that he was sort of sort of within a similar age which was nearly two years older than me but uh, I was always sort of chasing him a little bit uh, position wise and he was a midfield player so was I so he was always competing sort of all the way through really so it, it probably spurred me on a little bit to work a little bit harder and, and try and get the better of him you know so it was yeah it was, it was good days What Wonderful and then and then from Arsenal you went on to uh, we'll, we'll come back to Arsenal because I've got a few questions about that. But from <laughs> Arsenal, you went on to uh, sort of Fulham and w- Wimbledon short stints there. What was it like over there? Yeah, the, the, the good clubs, you know, it, it, it was obviously it was quite hard to leave Arsenal at the time. Um, you know, I, I had a uh, fracture, uh, which put me out for a couple of years. and I had so many problems with it um, and I uh, got myself fit again. And Arsenal Wenger, Arsenal Wenger came in for uh, the last six months I was there. And uh, he was he was great, you know. Everything was changing around the club. There was obviously no boozing, and players were having to look after themselves a bit more and and sort of toe the line a little bit. And you know, I had a year left of my contract, and basically he he sort of pulled me after playing a couple of games. And said, look, you know, you can stay if you want to, but 
you're not going to get much football time here. He said, we've had an offer that's coming from Fulham, um, which was when Keegan and Wilkins had taken over. And I'd, I'd been with Ray and, uh, under under 20s, I think, at the World Cup, and he was there. So he, he knew us quite well. And uh, Fulham at the time were in Div 2, I think they were. But they were, you know, I fired the, the Arizona was the backer there. And, um, you know, they were looking to, to bring in sort of premiership players into that environment, like, you know, Kit Simmons, Chris Coleman, Paul Pescalido, the you know yeah. Mike Taylor's they were they were signing good players and it was it was uh, yeah it, it was tough to tough to to leave Arsenal because I've been there for so long but we sort of had a year left on my contract so we agreed a fee for me to move and um, yeah I went to Fulham which you know was was at the time I think was a, a real good decision but three games into that um, I went in for a, a tackle at Craven Cottage and and um, got a stress fracture about an inch below uh, the fracture I had, at, the double fracture I had at half. Oh. So it's, it was, you know, at the time I was, I was playing well in the game and it was just an, you know, another one of these awkward tackles and it, it basically ruled me out for another 18 months to two years. Um, oh, so unlucky, so unlucky. Yeah, and it was it was it, it, it's it's hard on the old character because obviously I'd, I'd spent a lot of time you know I was two years at Arsenal rehabbing it to get back and that and got fit and I wasn't quite right but I got to a point where I could you know I was able to play and and do my stuff and uh, you know you get excited about the move the new move and you know the new environment and Fulham at the time were you know were looking to go places and uh, like they, you know, obviously they, they, that did happen but uh, it was quite a tough call to. Yeah, when I when I when I did it, I knew it was. I tried to carry on, and I was getting shooting pains going through my shin. I remember looking over; I was by the, the touchline where mum, dad, and my brother were sitting, and I could see them shout at me to go back on. And I was, I had a little jog up down the sideline. I thought, I just can't. It's just the eight. It was just agony, you know. Yeah. Uh, mm. So you know, but the hardest part, I had to. I came off, and uh, I had to at half time. I had to walk from the the uh, the dugout to the change room, which is right the way across the pitch, and it was quite quick. So oh. <laughs> it was freezing cold, and <laughs> yeah. I was sort of limping to get across there with a broken leg. But yeah, oh, you know, that, it was tough to swallow. But you know, then I got fit again, and then um, I went on trial to to Wimbledon on Terry Burton, and, and managed to give myself a contract there. So uh, you know, I was always proud that I, you know, I I, I came back from these long term injuries, and a lot of players would have knocked it on the head. I think second time round, but I always managed to sort of. You know, get myself in the gym and look after myself and get myself back because I, you know, obviously was enjoying what I was doing. Yeah. Is it a lonely place Ian, when you're when you're injured and away from? It is. Uh, it, away it, from the squad. Is it, yeah, like? it is. It's, it's very difficult. You know, I think you know you have, especially when I was at Arsenal. You know, I was lucky enough to win European Cups and FA Cup winners uh, medals and League Cup winners medals. Was sort of in the first year and a half. Then obviously, you know, the, the leg break came and you sort of have all this excitement and. Um, you know, obviously being a little bit of a local celebrity in the local area, you know, people knew us and that all of a sudden that get sort of, you know, I had to move back to my mum and dad's, I had a place where I had to move back to my mum and dad's because uh, you had a full lamp cast on and couldn't cook or clean or do anything for me. So I couldn't even open the door or make a cup of tea or coffee, you know, so you're sort of really reduced to what you can do. So you, you do visit some sort of dark places and my, I'll be honest, my, my mate owned a pub around the corner from where my mum and dad's live. So, you know, lunchtime, I go in there to see him, have a chat, have a couple of pints, a bit of lunch, and I go home, have a sleep, go back there, and then all of a sudden, you know, after a period of time, I had to sort of look at it, and you know, I was in there far too much, you know. Um, you know, it yeah, became a bit of yeah. a, a bit of a habit. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. When you're sort of rehabbing, you're looking out the window, and you're on the bike, and all the lads are laughing and joking, training, and you're sort of stuck in there in this room, and it's you know just on a bike or an arm bike. It's it's difficult. It's really there's a lot of ups and downs, but you, you know, you, I think over time you do learn a lot about yourself, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's you know a mixture of, of of real good days and and real sort of down days really. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because I know now, like, I watch all the documentaries, you know, the Spurs one, the Barcelona one now, and you see the the players in the rehab room. And I imagine now it's it's a lot better as well because you've got, like, a, 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 a vast amount of staff. You've got other players in there with you. But I don't know what it was like in your time, was it? You, you, from the sounds of it, it was quite sort of independent, quite lonely. You was you, you went back home, which now pretty much wouldn't happen. I don't think there's a situation where a player would have to sort of move a, a back home or away from the club to sort of recover from an injury. Yeah, yeah. Them. Well, with with your Arsenal, they pretty much um, they 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 gave us a load of probably about four or five months off. I was coming in probably twice a month. Uh, my dad would bring me oh, in, and it was like he takes to Harley Street for the the specialists and stuff. But um, you know, I I I had a I yeah when I when I um, yeah when I when I was when I came out of my full length cast, I moved back to my place again, and I I uh, I got a huge infection in my shin because uh, they put a pin uh, down my tibia, and um, you know I was able to move about, so I was desperate to get back to my own place, which wasn't only around the corner, and um, you know I was I was looking yeah. after myself and. You know, I, my dad come round one day and uh, he, he looked at me and I was on the sofa and I'd lost about a stone in weight and I, I wasn't big anyway. And I, I had to start Sepsisema. Um, so I had like a, a cricket ball on the side of my shin that, you know, where the, the fracture was, it, it, it got infected with a pin going through it. And um, they took me into St. Peter's Hospital, which is obviously local in Chertsey. And I was I was in there for two weeks, trained the fluid out of it. And, you know, that's, that's building back up again. So I was, you know, my dad, visited me fairly regular but um you know he, he didn't come for a week and stuff and he came in and saw me just said Look, you need to go to hospital you know you're, you're ill but the problem is when you start getting infections mm. you don't eat you don't you know you just you, it's, everything's hard work trying to get off the sofa to get to the kitchen and you know so it was it was it yeah. was you know it was tough it was you know it wasn't it wasn't easy um but yeah it's it's a it's a real it's a real lonely place you know sometimes um but we're full of they we're full of them a good day they they had me in every single day. I got picked up uh, by one of the lads, and I, I had a personal trainer. And you know, it was again. I was in a another sort of knee length cast, um, but they had me in every single day working. And with a, you know, and I, I got to a point where I was upper body was was massive. You know, um, but, <laughs> but it was but it was great. It was like sort of groundhog day every time going in. It was in the gym with you know, and it's like oh, I'll do yeah. this again, and I'll, you know. But at least it kept me occupied, and I was busy, and I was doing stuff rather than just sitting home watching. TV and open about, you know. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it all seems like a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, before before we uh, before we move on to your sort of your non-league side, just a few questions from me on Arsenal. I mean, the main question for me is, I mean, what was it like working for uh, sort of Arsene Wenger, George Graham, that sort of caliber? that sort of caliber of uh, it was fantastic i think i think all the way through from a 10 year old I, I spent a lot of time with pat rice in the sort of uh, the youth team schoolboy games and, and reserves and he sort of grounded the players you know the the work ethic needed to be there and you got to look after yourself you got to be punctual and be on time and uh, george was you know a, he was quite a scary guy you know if you if you played well he he you know really give you a good pat on the back but if you played badly he'd obviously let you know um, so there's always that fear that you know you didn't want to pee him off. You know you had to make sure he was on his good side all the time. Um, but the difference between him and, and us, and you know George, not disrespecting, but the training, you know, the training was okay. But we we do keep ball like for an hour and a half, you know, in the same area, and it's just it, after 10, 15 minutes, players get bored. Uh, whereas Arson, you know, he yeah. came in and everything changed. We were doing yoga. We were, you know, we were doing lots of work in the gym, strengthening stuff. But all the all the sessions on the pitch were with a ball. 
And it was it was like keep Warby for six, eight minutes, bang, 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 and then you'd get a quick drink, very, very quick chat, and then straight into it again. So every time you were doing it, it was high speed, good tempo, and it was the lads were buzzing on it. So, you know, and obviously when he came in, everything everything changed there. You know, the diets changed. Um and to be honest, the lads that, that sort of stayed, like Ray Parlers and Tony Adams and the, the the famous back four, as it were, they they had a sort of a longer career with under Arsenal. They really took them, you know, another four or five years after that. So, yeah, you know, it was great for the club, and it was just the game. The whole the whole game was changing. The social scenes were sort of disappearing, um, and it needed to really. Um, but uh, yeah, the both both were very very good managers, and yeah, you know, really enjoyable. And we've obviously so you've probably been in the best position to see that transition from obviously Dad George to, to Wenger. And um, do you think that the game obviously from, I guess from Wenger to now, how much of it do you think has changed from a player's perspective? Cause you pro- you guys probably back, back then could get away with so much more without the social media, et cetera. Where, where, where do you see, where do you see the key differences as are now on and off the pitch? I, I think, I think, yeah, I think we were back with George. I think we were sort of role models, but I don't. I think obviously with all this social media, I think the the modern day uh, professional player, I think you know, it, it, it they are sort of really looked at by young players and and kids and stuff. So they they do have a responsibility to 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 toe the line and behave themselves. You know, back in our day, there was no mobile phones. You know, it was you can pretty much you know do what you wanted. You you know you wouldn't get caught or you wouldn't get seen. You know, we and and when we were playing, we you know with with Arsenal with the old days with George, it was, it, you play your football. His, his thing was, as long as you're playing well on the pitch, I don't really care what you get up to off the pitch. Um, you know, as long as you're not putting the club in disrepute. You know, if we, if we play a game at Highbury, as soon as the team, t- uh, the, the, the end of the game team talk was finished, the kit man came in with two crates of beer, put them on the bench and, <laughs> you know, it was, it was nuts. And, you know, when I look back now, it's crazy, but we'd literally have a, a can whilst we're getting unchanged, getting all the gear off and that. We'd have a can in the, in the bath you know, and then we, we we put our suit back on, go to the players' lounge, and then your family will be there. Oh, so you, by the time you've finished the game for an hour, you've you've had probably five or six points. <laughs> no food, <laughs> you know. And you, you're in London, so it's a Saturday yeah. night, so you're, you're off out straight after. You know, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's actually it's so funny it's so funny straight in the changing room and on the beers it's so funny it's one of the things that gets said and you don't believe it actually happened but like more and more players are saying back in the day that's exactly oh, how it was, it was. It was. just straight in there straight yeah. on the beers straight on the pizza now things are so much so much different. yeah well even even the pre-season trips like my first trip was to Norway and uh, just turned 18 and stuff and I just got I, somehow I got into the squad to go I think it was more for experience and it was like, you know, I'd spent awesome academy days looking up to all these first team pros and stuff and doing their boots and, you know, sorting their kits out. And they were sort of legends in my eyes, you know. And, uh, yeah, you go on this pre-season trip and the first thing is you get to the Stansted Airport and, that, and you've got a club suit on, you're in the bar having a few pints before the flight. And then you get on the flight and there's a few more beers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and to be fair, when, when, when we were there, we were there for two, two weeks. We George really worked us hard. Uh, we played about four or five games over there. But after the game, he was like, look, do you know what? You can, the time's your own. Uh, we're training tomorrow morning at half past 10. If you're not there at half past 10, uh, you'll get fined. Um, do what you want. But I don't, again, I don't want, you know, problems, fights, breaking out in nightclubs and that, you know. But, and it was literally, you know, the lads would rush back, get changed quick, and ev- everyone was out and about, you know, in, in the local towns. And, you know, <laughs> you know, and you're not finishing till five, six in the morning. And, you know, it, it's crazy. It was, it was, you know. It's so, 
It's so funny because, like, I just think about now. You like, were just talking about social media. Imagine that now. Oh, like, imagine, <laughs> imagine players just showing up in uh, in in Norway and getting straight on the beers. But well, the thing is, the lads, the lads that sort of were, yeah, the lads of the season pros. Obviously, there was also a big supporters club, uh, supporters uh, trust over there. So they literally got in contact with them, and literally, whenever we went out. You know, we were like free drinks in this club, and then we go and like we organised. Uh, I, remember, I remember George was busy uh, one night, and Stuart Houston was in charge of us. And he said, "Look, we we plan this thing. We're going to go on this boat trip, and you know, and we'll have some seafood on there, and that, and have a few beers. It'll be like a low key. You can have three or four beers. That's it." So we get on the bus. That George disappears to wherever he's going to, and then all the lads are like getting into Stuart. You know, Stuart, we'll have a few more than you know two or three. And he's like, "Oh well, yeah, we'll see." We get to the dock where this huge boat is, and there's a bungee uh, rocket thing there, a bungee jump thing there. So cool. right, right, he's like, right, he's like, he oh, no. he's like, I'm going on that. So he's literally Stuart's like, no, you can't. We got a game in a cut of days time. You're not allowed to. You know, it's pre-season. Don't you get in hurt? And he's gone up the top there. He jumped off and he ripped his groin, didn't he? Oh. Honestly, oh, he jumps off. He's done his groin. He didn't, he didn't tra- train or play in any of the pre-season uh, in Norway. And then we, straight oh, after that, we've gone onto oh. a boat and literally it was just chocker with beers and birds and, you know, it was, it was crazy. You know, and he'd just gone off into the <laughs> night and that. Sure, it's basically just been walked over by all the thirsty boys and the lads just pretty much tell what you want. You could never do that. You could never do that now, though. And me... Meanwhile, you're winning cup winners, cups, FA cups, league cups, all of oh, that. It was brilliant. It was like, it was, it was, fun. It was just some, surreal, you know. You sort of, in that environment, it's like, we're winning this, we're doing that, and we're doing, you know, we're having these few beers and we're still all right for the dent. It was just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like living the dream. <laughs> just, 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 just one uh, last thing on Arsenal from me. Um, who were your, who were your like close mates and, um, close uh, sort of teammates through your Arsenal, uh, your spell at Arsenal for those years? Well, I was, I was always based in uh, Surrey, so I would travel up to sort of, sort of to um, South Mims for uh, training and stuff, so London Colney. Um, but my, I sort of grew up with lads like Paul Shaw, uh, Stephen Hughes, uh, yeah. a guy called Paul Reed, Justin Lee, all sort of uh, local lads of my age. And, and um, you know, we, we were... No, good buddies. There was only sort of with us lot. Like, I think there was five or six of us in in, in the academy uh, as one year. So there wasn't many of us. So we were quite tight. But to be honest, going going into that environment, the, the first team boys were were brilliant. You know, like lads like Kevin Campbell, Mickey Thomas, and that they, you know, put all the young lads that were just turned obviously uh, playing for the first team. They they really sort of took the young lads under the wing, and you and you had that sort of mutual respect that you know. You, You'd respect the when you when you turn pro. Obviously, you work your socks off to get to that point. When you sign your first contract, you know, you've had years of cleaning boots and doing the kit, and you're up at six in the morning, not getting back to eight o'clock at night. So you earn that that respect. So when you turn pro, you know you also done the favour to the young lads as well. You look make sure you looked after those, and and Arsenal was a real good sort of grounding for that. And there were there were instances where sort of the younger lads were a bit chopsy into the first team players, and basically in them days, you know they 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 going to the boot room, uh, the young player would do, and then you get three or four first-team boys going behind, the light would go off, and he'd get a bit of a, you know, a bit of a kick. <laughs> yeah, just, 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 to, just to remind him that, you know, remember, and, you know, you've got to respect us, because we, you know... Where you are. You know, and, and obviously, you can never do that nowadays, but it, it, it taught these lads who were full of themselves that actually, yeah, do you know what, I'm a YT, I've got to respect the first-team boys, and, you know, and obviously, when you turn into a first-team player... 
you know, you, you made sure the young lads were were doing the right things, and 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 you know, as you did. So it was it was completely different times now. You know, young young players, new team players. Now they don't mm-hmm. do anything, as far as I know. They don't clean anything, or it's you know, health and safety. But in them days, it gave you a real good. You know, you'd leave the leave the house at six in the morning, not get back to eight at night. You'd be and you'd be training in between that time, but you'd literally be skivvying around the first team, cleaning baths and home changing rooms, away changing rooms. And you know, with 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 the kit man, he was a great guy when you turn pro. But you know, on a Friday we'd have to go from the training ground back to Highbury because we had a first team game on the Saturday. We'd have to clean the whole of the changing rooms, the home and away, and the, the staff room. And we and he deliberately after we finished, he'd, he'd let us make us wait to sort for two hours. And he'd come in with his cup of coffee and that, and he'd literally go round, run his finger across the top of the window frames, and if there was any dust, any dust, at all, <laughs> he'd always come with a coffee. Any dust at all, he would, and it's all like marble floors and tiles in the change room. He would literally get his coffee and literally just throw it all over the floor, all over the tiles. He'd, he'd be like, hey, "Do it again, do it again," uh, you know. And you, you're sort of like, this is oh, like half wow. five at night on a Friday, and you've got a U team game on a Saturday morning, and it's like we had to go through it all again, clean it all again. But it 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 really made you think that you know when you you did things properly you didn't sort of you couldn't cut corners on things and everything had to be in the right place and you know and it, you know it, i think it's probably the, the right way it was hard but it it you know when you turn pro he was the best person in the world whatever you wanted he get you you know so you know it's just a bit of a learning yeah. curve <laughs> and obviously I've, I've heard a few times you speak to different different people you ask them who's the best player to play with they sometimes actually go away from someone that made it but actually to someone that just think in 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 the club's eyes for one reason or another whether it's injury think didn't quite make it was there a player that stood out to you that, that um that probably should have gone pro um, trying to think there was there was there was a, a guy justin lee he um yeah, he got released he picked up a few injuries a left back uh, was from oxford I, I i don't think he went to many clubs after arsenal i think he fizzled out quite quick but yeah, you're you're in you're in that. Yeah, you know, obviously I I coach obviously academy players now. And you, you're trying to tell these kids that you know when you're when you're training or you're playing, you're getting viewed by so many different people, and you you are pretty much trialing from the age of ten years old all the way through. And the amount of players you've played against and within your team runs into tens of thousands of players that you're competing against just to get to into a first team environment. You know, so that you can't you know you you have to give everything you can and and give yourself the best chance. And try, you know, trying to tell some young lads nowadays that. You know, you've got to make sacrifices. They look at you like you, you know. No, this is, you know, I've seen it. This is, this is what I'm going to do. And it's like, well, yeah, you can only get to that point when you've put all the effort in. When you get to a pro and sign a pro contract and you played in the first team, it's it's fairly easy, really, because you've the hard work is getting to that point. You know, trialing and and fighting players to get into the you know the academy team, the schoolboy teams. Once you turn pro, then you've sort of got your name and you're in the team, and it, it, it's relatively simple after that. You know, but it's getting to that point. You know, and um, there, there was dozens and dozens of players yeah. that were, you know, I say to the kids now that they were far better than me. Um, but I'd always, I'd always be the, the, you know, the sort of the first, not being busy and stuff, but I'd be the first one out. You know, afterwards I'd be doing free kicks after training. You know, I'd always do the extra, I'd do a bit of extra fitness, and you know, it 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 wasn't being creepy or or, or busy. It was just a. I do it away from people, but I make sure I do it because I had to work, and I was on quick, so I had to work on my speed, I had to work on my stamina, you know. And there was things that I needed to improve on if I wanted to, to you know, get to where I wanted to go. So, you know, there's a you need to do it. If you don't do it, then you know, there's there's hundreds of other people that thousands of other people that come in and do it for you. You know, that would be be able to. So, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, 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 and, and that's the that's the dedication side of it is what is what people don't understand and the sacrifice. It's either what they don't understand or what they don't yeah, want to yeah. do, um, and that's obviously a massive a massive part of um, of making it successful as a as a professional. Yeah. But um, let's go into your um, your non league career now. I've got Woking, Lewis, <laughs> Grays, Maidstone, Croydon. Dorchester Town, Haven and Waterlooville, <laughs> Kingstonian, Chertsey, and Whiteleaf. So accomplished, <laughs> accomplished in non-league and accomplished in the professional <laughs> game as well. Um, without obviously going into to all of them clubs, um, yeah, just maybe maybe just talk to us a bit about yeah. working. Yeah. Um, to start when you first. Yeah, well, I, uh, when I um, I'd, I'd left Wimbledon uh, and um, sort of Woking was my local club, so uh, Glenn Cockrell was the manager down there. So I said, "Can I come down and train pre-season?" So she had not a promise. I went down and trained, and uh, yeah, the, the team back in them days was full time, and um, you know I, I played a few games for them, trained for them, and really enjoyed it. And uh, you know I, I got offered a contract with Graham Wesley at Stevenage, and um, you know I went up to to see him, and you know. I'd, I'd spoke to a few of the Stevenage boys at the same time and Glenn knew that I was talking to them, but it was obviously a bit of a, a slap to get there from, from sort of uh, Woking, Chertsey way. So, you know, around the motorway on, and when I spoke to these boys that were training, they were doing sort of three sessions a day. They were, you know, he was properly beasting them and they were, you know, when I went to see him and that, they were, they were finished off their third session and, and his name was Gary Holloway. <laughs> Gary Holloway was like, Selves, he said, don't come here. Seriously, don't, because... <laughs> you're, you're not going to enjoy it. Not, it's, it's just absolutely in the course. Yeah, you know, Graham was sort of he he earned his money away from football, I think. Uh, and yeah, you know, he offered me more money to go than I was getting at Woking. And I was having an hour. I said, Look, I'll, I need a, just a weekend to think about it. So I went home and stuff. And uh, he said, You're going to sign? And I was like, I think I probably am. But I didn't say yes. But I said, I think I am. Anyway, I spoke to Glenn at Woking, and Glenn was like, You know, you're. Yeah, I want you to come here. It's local. And to be fair, Woking was around the corner from where I lived. I just bought a, an apartment in uh, Woodham, which is around the corner from Woking. And uh, I really wanted to be local. I'd done all the travelling before. I just wanted to stay local. And, you know, so I said, look, I'll sign for Woking. So I had to ring Graham Wesley up. And he was quite volatile, Graham Wesley. And uh, he was in his house <laughs> on his bike, on his exercise bike. And um, he was puffing away on that. I said, look, Graham, I'm really sorry that I've decided to sign for Woking. And he, he went, he said, I've told all the press. And I said, well, I haven't said I'm going to come. I just said, I'm, I probably will do, but I need to, you know, and uh, he went absolutely ballistic. And <laughs> 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 I, I just put the phone down. I had to just put the phone down. He, just, he was shouting and effing and blinding. And I was like, look, you know, but anyway, I went to Woking and it, it was brilliant. It was a real well-run club. It was local. Uh, it was full-time. Um, you know, I still, you know, I'm still good mates with Alan Dowson there. You know, he's the manager now. I still go down there and stuff and see him and, you know, and, uh, yes, yeah, so, yeah, the non-league, it's, it's, it's tough because some clubs obviously are on real tight budgets, but, you know, I wasn't, I was never, the money wasn't really the main reason, really. I, I just enjoyed playing. And if it was a good environment, then I'd, I'd stay. You know, I think that when you, I think we probably all experienced it. Sometimes you go to clubs and you know, they pay you for the first month, then the, the second payment's late for the second month. All of a sudden, you know, they, you don't get looked after and things that are promised to you never happen. So, um, but like I said, I was just, I was just, after the injuries I had, I was just happy to, you know, still be involved in it and still playing. And, and and it got to a point where I was, I think I was at Whiteleaf, I think it was. And the wife said to me, she said, look, you need to get a proper job now. You know, I think because I was just going, <laughs> I think because I was going there and just enjoying it and having a good crack. And, you know, it was, I still felt I was, you know, a footballer. And she said, you've got to get a proper job. If you want to go into coaching. And then I sort of sat down over a weekend and sort of said, yeah, I think you're right. You know, 
I've sort of ridden the run. I've retired about four or five times you know, in the thirties, but I kept getting invited. <laughs> yeah, it's just a drug, and it's just a drug, and you enjoy it, and it's a good environment, and you've got good lads with you. You just want it to continue. So uh, yeah, so went, then I went down the coaching route uh, eventually. To, to talk us out of the uh, the latest coaching jobs coming back, you're at, at Sandhurst now. So um, well, previously I was at, uh, out in Dubai for eight years uh, working for Arsenal over there. Uh, they had an academy over there. So I had eight years over there and um, really, I, I thought I was a good coach when I went. I, I coached at Woken Academy and Kingston Academy before I went. And when I went to work for Arsenal, I thought I was a good coach, but I don't think I was anywhere near where I should have been. And uh, you're dealing with different nationalities over there and really sort of had to strip it all back and... and changed my style and all sorts when when I when I obviously finished over there we came back a year and a half ago um you know I was looking to I was good friends with Ryan Northmore who he was the manager at Western Supermare and uh he's he was he was coaching in China uh he was he was a premiership team in Pakistan and we we, we were good good mates and we'd always say if something was come up we'd, we'd jump it together and um yeah, we, we were looking over sort of four or five months at different teams that were struggling that we could go in there. And, yeah, it's just important that for us anyway, that we, the club we went to, uh, we, we'd always have a pitch to train on uh, a couple of times a week, a full-size pitch. And a lot of the clubs, lower league, non-league, they, they, they can't do that. You know, even sometimes in these little goals, six-a-size courts. And we, yeah, we were looking for a long time. But and Sanders came up and uh, obviously Sanders are sort of um, a little bit under the, the Bratnell umbrella. Uh, and obviously we play our games at Bratnell on the 3G pitch there. it's a lovely stadium they, they've literally just built a, a new training ground which we saw um, just after the summer uh, and uh, you know it's four full-size pitches a huge clubhouse and they they redeveloping Sanders ground as well so the, the actual you know it, was, it wasn't the level really we were even though we hadn't been managers at a club it wasn't the level we were sort of looking to go in at but when we sort of looked at it they've got an international program as well there for academy players it was huge you know and it, it, it sort of uh you know i think at, at that level you're not you're not going there for the money of course there's not a lot in it but um it was a good chance for us to work with academy players and bring some senior lads in that have been there and done it and yeah the environment's brilliant we train on their pitch twice a week full-size pitch under lights and it's 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 something we really wanted to to work with, and um, yeah, it was it was when we went there. It was they won. They played four games before we turned up, and they conceded about twenty three goals, I think, in those four games. So we were yeah, oh, six, <laughs> six, of, six of those were up. <laughs> yeah, it won't happen again. It won't happen again. I promise. <laughs> uh, no, but but, but uh, you know, so it, it took a bit of you know, two or three games to get some lads. We were getting bringing lads out of retirement. You know, Gary McDonald's was I knew at Woking. Um, yeah, we got Liam Hine that came in that yeah. played the game that level for a long time, just to get a, some faces in there because the change room was just full of kids and it was so quiet in there. So we just got some voices in there and we got a yeah. bit of banter flowing. The training, the training, to be fair, we I'd, I'd like to say is good training and the numbers we have, yeah, we will get 20 plus every session. So we've had to curb it a little bit. You know, we've got lads coming down for trial and stuff. Just, I think the words got out that the training is good. The, the actual club itself, we sort that new track suits for the players, bags and, you know, they get food after training. So it goes sorry? a long way. It that does, goes, yeah. That goes a long way yeah, that's, uh, that's, in non-league. Yeah, that yeah that's, long, that's what we long, sort of said way. is if we can't play, you know, they're, not, they're only getting 20, 10, 20, 30 quids a game, you know, so they're not getting a lot. They're not going there for the money. So, yeah, we've got, we've got a VO camera as well so we can record the games. We send them, um, you know, information about, you know, what we want and where we want it to be on the pitch at certain times. So we can, so we put a lot of time into that. And, um, you know, after, you know, I'd like to think it was starting to turn around a little bit, but you're sort of it. It was quite difficult, you know, stop starting and, you know, the season. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's been good. We've enjoyed it. And, um, 
I think like all of us, we're just desperate to get to get back into that environment again. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, going back to um, just going back to uh, maybe when when we played together at Chertsey, I remember. Um, I remember I I actually got injured um, when when you arrived. I think I had broken my yeah, ankle yeah, yeah. and I was coming back from a from a broken ankle. And, and I remember um, Spencer told us. Uh, told us you were signing. I was chuffed. I was thinking, "What well, ex Arsenal? I'm going to be on a pitch of ex Arsenal, and I've, I've finally arrived, age twenty, age twenty eight in the non league game." Um, but I just remember you, um, like the way that you carried yourself and the way that you was on the pitch in terms of your touch, your movement, your vision. And I remember you could see, um, even though you were, you know, you you was coming towards sort of the, the end of your playing, you could still see the quality from your your professional day sort of shining through. Um, so that's like my that's my memory that I have of you um, sort of calming down the midfield and keeping things ticking over because we we had a that that season we actually had a team that Spencer had put together which was just like a mishmash of all the the, the what he considered like better players from the combined yeah. counties league so from the league below and I remember we had all come together we'd only been together about four weeks and it was a good it was a good club Chertsey but. The, the thing is, is that it was one of the non-league clubs that were paying quite a lot of money. And when you get into them environments, it sort of a little bit of the fun comes out of it because it's all like win or yeah, you're not going to yeah, get your yeah. money um, and, and sort of win at all costs. You know what I mean? Whereas I've played for non-league teams before where you go down there. It's not, it's you know, of course it's about winning and, and everyone wants to win, but it's still fun and there's mates in there and, you know what I mean? Your mate might have come from another club to join you there. Whereas at Chertsey, it was a little bit eerie, I remember, um, at, yeah. that, at that time. Yeah, and no, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I think at the time I was, uh, I think I was at Kingstonian with Dallas at Kingstonian and stuff. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd been to a couple of clubs sort of on loan, but Chertsey was sort of, obviously, it's my hometown. So it was one of those things that I thought, you know, if I go there, all my mates have come down and watch. We'll have a bit of a crack. We'll have a few jars after. And it, it was sort of, it was sort of time with me sort of wrapping it all up, really. So when I went there, you know, Spencer was quite sort of demanding, I think, on a lot of players there. You know, I think, you know, he was putting a bit of money into mm. it and, um, you know, he expected results and stuff. But, it, you, know, you know, it's like it, it's, it's, it's hard. At that level, it's really, really hard. You know, you know, I always say to people, when, you've, when you're in the premiership and you're playing and stuff, when you get the ball, you've always got two or three people you can just lend it to. The lower you go down the leagues... The, them options aren't there anymore so you have to spend a, a bit more time holding the ball up a little bit and you sort of get in and my thing was my game was shifting the ball and keeping possession so I found it you know the lower I went down obviously I was getting older as well it, it was getting harder and harder um, you know but it, but, it, but like you say it's, it's, it's at that level it, if you can offer you know players new con- uh, new um, new track suits food after training uh, you know free beer after the game you know players love that and, and they're not there for the money they're there for the with their mates and you know trying to get that change room together is a the, the biggest part of that you know and you're probably right spencer was probably mm. you know he needed to probably be two or three leagues above that because that, the level of that, at, that he was at there was you know it's mm. a tough level and i'm i'm best mates with uh, mark turner who's the chairman now down there. And um, you know, so I spent I spent a little bit of time when I come back from Dubai coaching uh, last year in January down there for three months because I was struggling a little bit and uh, we managed to put some performances together. But it's, again, I sort of said to him, you know, you've got to make an environment where you want players to come. You know, they've got a reasonable budget down there, but players will only mm. come if, if, they, if they're getting looked after. And because at that level, some players will just move for 10, an extra 10 quid a week. 
and he's, you know, he's got some lads down there he's had to really mm. look after and work with it and um, you know he's created a real good environment down there now but the, the standard of the, the league I think is far better now than it was probably when, when we were there but um, you know it's, it's, it's a real mm. sort of tough environment you know because you've always got lads down there with loads of ability that don't want to work or don't want to take training and you know, obviously, as a, as a manager, you know, like you guys know, you know, you need players at training to work on stuff on a Saturday. You know, you're always prepping yourself at the start of the week for what you're doing on the Saturday. Mm. Whereas at the non-league level, oh, I can't be missing it isn't well, or I've got to go and pick this. Like, oh, I can't, you know, I mean, you sort of, yeah, it's always a fight. It's always a fight to get lads to train, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. It's Mrs. Birthday. So Love them excuses. Yeah. Really? <laughs> had four birthdays, is <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was my thing with uh, with non league, especially when playing. Um, you know, once I once the sort of desire to get as high as high as I could was over, um, all I really wanted to do um, yeah. was yeah. just play and have fun. Money money was never a thing for me. It was all loyalty, and I stayed at Molesy for many years. Yeah. I had you know I had offers all the time to go different places. But what I would say about Molesy is you know it's you, you can say what you like about it, the club, maybe the facilities and all of that. But the the actual people yeah. inside the club, you know, they cared, they looked after you. You know, if you asked for something, they tried to do it. You know, they didn't they, they didn't always have the money. But I think a lot of the sort of non league players now need to look at that. Sort Sort of side of it, and take a lot more, a lot more from that, and a lot less yeah, from yeah, how much yeah, money they yeah, can get yeah, from it. If you see what I mean, because that that's 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 where that's where um all your um your sort of good change rooms are built through 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 things like that. All having your yeah. tracksuits, all eating after training, all having a beer. That's where your good training, your uh, your good um changing rooms are built. And you know, it's not necessarily through giving all your players one hundred and fifty pound a week. So yeah, I mean, the non-league players now should definitely be sort of paying a little bit more attention to that and getting down <laughs> to Sandhurst and Epsom and Yule respectively in it to get some uh, yeah no, to get some good quality I'm, I'm, I'm games. Convinced, you know, I'm convinced. There's a lot of lads that sort of that have been involved, academy players that have been involved in Premiership teams and that. And um, yeah, when they when they get released, obviously they funnel down the divisions. And I think I think a lot of managers initially take them on thinking, well, he's been at Arsenal, he's got to have good pedigree. When they comes down to, I remember going to South End on loan, and it was like he'd gone from Arsenal to South End on loan. I was coming out from a broken leg. And if I was a big time Charlie, I wouldn't have lasted two minutes there. And the problem is a lot of these young lads now, when they come out of the you know, the Premiership or the top teams, they funnel down the leagues, they rock up in their Range Rovers and their Louis Vuitton wash bags and give it the big one. And and managers and players look at them and think, you know what I mean? You, you know, that's not what we do here. We're not, we're not, you know, we don't have any big time Charlies here. And they, they, they sort of, you know, they, they find it really difficult to find clubs after they've left these big clubs. Purely, I think, because their egos and you know, and it and it is all about the money. It's not, it's not about you know, the environment they're playing in. And uh, I'm convinced that's why a lot of lads <coughs> just funnel out the game, and you end up yeah. not seeing them. I kind of see that at even um, the higher echelons of non-league. Though I see it when they do <laughs> drop down. I do see the odd player yeah. that still thinks they're a little bit big time, even yeah. as they make their way down, and it does show. Um, with a few lads because I think that's one thing I saw a, a Twitter poll go out maybe a couple of weeks ago where people were saying you know what do managers look for you know do managers go off reputation basically off, off players now I think initially I used to think oh yeah well you know he's been a, he's been at let's say uh, Kingstonian or wherever it may be you know is he, is he going to cut it um, he should do and then you yeah, come yeah, down the leagues and you find actually the attitudes aren't right Um I've I've been fortunate enough 
this year before the boys ruined me as well. I've been fortunate enough to to take a couple of lads from from the higher levels. To be fair, um, and uh, a couple from from Chipstead and and uh, one that was absolutely yeah, yeah, Kingston yeah. Merston. I think you know him, me and Charlie Penny. Um, but, but um, them lads there, they have literally just drilled in everything you guys just touched on, where it's been about enjoyment of football, enjoy, enjoying <laughs> the atmosphere, getting your game time, and you know, not seeing it as a, you know, a drop down. It's just about enjoying the game. And that's the sort of player that is important. I think in at non-league, I think the the attributes you've got to look for are, are so different um, at non-league. And I'm sure you're probably seeing that even with, um, you know, coaching academy boys that it's not yeah, all just I'm about Yeah, I think that attitude's really important. You, you we, yeah, we've been working with a lot of the academy players uh, that, that, you know, we can tap into the Bratnell Academy, you know, for players for Sanders and stuff. And even, even sort of basic things like, you know, everyone's on a WhatsApp group, you know, training tomorrow night, give us a thumbs up. A lot of the young lads won't message back. So you sort of, you know, it's sort of like, look, the part of this process of you growing into a man is yeah. if we put a message out, you've got to respond to it because, you know, or they played an academy game during the day <laughs> and then they can't train in the evening. It's like, well, that's no good for us because you were going to start in a couple of days' time, but you're not going to start now because of that. You know, you, you know, so it's it's trying to give them a bit of an education that, you know, you can be the best. Like, we've got some, there's some real good players, uh, academy players they've got, but, but they're just not focused on, you know the environment that we want it to be in, like you know that jump from academy football to men's football is massive, and it takes it takes a bit of time, you know. But it's just trying to get them to understand that, you know, do things professional, turn up on training on time, make sure you have some food before you come training, make sure you dress smart, make sure, and just these little things that people might think, ah, oh, that doesn't make a better player, but no, it doesn't. But it gives you good standards to, to, to you know, so this is the players we want. We want lads to come down, not to cut ghost around, and yeah, we want players to graft and. Yeah, we've got some senior lads in the team at the moment at Sandhurst that we, when we do the running, we haven't done do a lot of running, it's all the ball, but when we do do some running, you know, these boys are at the front and they're 40 years old and then you've got the kids who are 18, 19 that are drafting at the back. It's like, you know. Mm. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, you know on, I will yeah. say, Ian, you see your, your upbringing, yeah. uh, living in digs, um, you know, cleaning boots and that side of it. That gives you the the level of understanding when you come into yeah. men's football at any level, if you see what I mean. So these guys come from the academies and at the academies, I imagine, you know, you're full of your arseholes. Everything's done for you. Your, you know, your mum drops you to football. You, you pull up in your car. Your boots are all out. You know, everything's done for you. So when they drop into the non-league game, they have no understanding of... Um, what it what what that means to the manager if they say thumbs up what that means to the manager if they come to every session whether they have a good session or a bad session they don't really understand what it means to the manager to sit there and have a have a drink after with the team and build that camaraderie i don't think that i think it's an understanding thing where where um where you got that education when i was coming through um you got you sort of got that education whereas now i just don't think that the players get that education so you get a young boy now and it's not the it's not the same as a a, a young player yeah. in the two thousands or the or the nineties. It's just not the same player. Do you see what I mean? And I I think that it's it's a little bit of of sort of getting players that understand what it means to be part of a team. 
and part of a team that you, you know you're not better than no one and you're not worse than anyone. You're just all on a level. Yeah, no, I, I, sort of I totally agree with that. You know, we I mean. when, when I was at Woking, we uh, we had uh, lads like Neil Smith and that, and Gary McDonald's there. We had some sort of real senior lads that have been at pro clubs and you know eventually found their way to Woking. But yeah, we we come back at two o'clock in the morning from games like from games up north and um, midweek. And we'd have, obviously, the coach would come back to, to Kingfield at Woking and stuff. And obviously, the kit man's on his own. He's got about five skips and stuff, two o'clock in the morning. And it'd always be the senior pros, like myself and Smudger and all that, would be helping him all the way up to the other end of the mm. ground. And, you, and if you look yeah, at the youngsters, mm. and it's like, you know, they'd be trying to dart off in the car. It's like, no, hang on a minute. Can... <laughs> you know, we're not, you know, you've got to do it as well. It's all part and parcel of, you know, how we do things, that, you know, and just help the kit man out and into the skits yeah. with a dirty kit. You know, yeah. it's just, it's trying to, and it's not their fault. I don't think it's their fault. It's just, they've just not been in that environment, you know. I think it's just like education. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's an edu- it's an education. It's, yeah. a, it's a football, it's a football education. It's different, um, and 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 I think you know you've been a little bit older than us. You've had that education. Then we then as it's got down to us, you know, we've lost some of your principles in terms of what you had, and then the next generation has yeah, sort of yeah. lost all of those, like you know, what I mean, all of those principles, and now they just now they just think they roll up, you know, demand, you know, whatever money and train when they want play yeah. how they want I'm not saying this is all players I'm just saying that this, this can be a this is a culture that is sort of I find when I was leaving the non-league game was coming in like I, I remember I'll never forget one of our final few games I think this put the nail in the coffin and uh, you know I, I've been playing football for for you know 10-12 years from Conference South down and I've got like an 18 year old asking me, like telling me, do I know where he's come from and like where he's, who he's played for and all of this. And I'm thinking, all right, but yeah. we're both here in the Combined Counties League, right? I don't know, I don't know where we go from here because we're both, we're both in this league now, you know, you're telling me all of this. And I just remember thinking then it's going like it's, it's slowly slipping all of the, all of the things that I liked about the, the non-league game was sort of slipping away. That's when I just said, "Now nah, yeah, it's time for yeah. me to get a proper job at that stage." You know what I mean? And stop trying to <laughs> stop trying to swindle a Saturday. Yeah, it's difficult when you, football. yeah, when I've always been just a normal Joe. You know, when I've gone to sort of non-league clubs, I've I've never been arrogant. I've never been big time, and I, and I think. You know, it, it, if you go in there and you know, I've seen a lot of players that have played in the Premier League, they're, they're arrogant, they're, they're really big times. They go to these non-league clubs and it's all about them and, you know, and, and they, they fall out of the game too quickly. And, you know, I think there's no reason to be arrogant. You know, my, my thing was never, um, you know, the money side of it, you know, whereas, whereas kids nowadays, it's all about, well, how much money you get? Well, you know, we've been trying to get a few boys to go on loan somewhere, young lads to get experience, like a couple of leagues below. And it's like, Oh, I don't want to go there. No, I want to go higher. And it's like, well, you, you're, you're 18. You've not played a game for us yet. You need to go and get some games. You know, no, I want to go higher. So what are you <laughs> going to do now? You know, well, I'll just, just, I'll just stay in the academy. You know, they, they, they want, they want that, they want that big prize before they've actually grafted <laughs> to get there. They want to be, you know, and it's like you have to do the groundwork first. You have to get your, you know, your stripes on your shoulders. It where you can't just jump in at a higher level to where we're playing because you've not even played for us yet. You know, they, they, they seem to expect. To be able to, you know, on their on their their Facebook or Twitter, a professional footballer. Well, you're not. You're an academy player at a non-league club, a, a lower level. Not a club, huh? You're not. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. Yeah. they need to understand that, man. Um, okay, okay. So, right, that was a fantastic sort of summary of your um, of your career, um, and we'll move on to some um, sort of um, some current affairs football stuff, and just ask you a couple of questions on that sort of stuff. Um, I've just written down um, 
So, in the Premier League now, what I'd like to know from you, what who do you think, let's say the top three, what would you consider to be top the three top players. three players in the Premier League now? Uh, mm. It's a difficult question. I think there's so many good players. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't think I could really... Good players, yeah. Pick a top three if I'm... Um, yeah, there's, there's each team... Who are the players at the top then? Just just give us a few of your players at the top top of the the Premier League tree. They'll be you. Arsenal players probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, they definitely wouldn't be at the moment. <laughs> we already we already get we already we already get enough grief for being an Arsenal an Arsenal podcast because uh, because we're all Arsenal fans. Um, so don't say all Arsenal. Fans, um, please. I think Fernandez, you know. Uh, Man United, I think he's he's on fire. I mean, there's, 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 I think there's just too many, too many good players at the moment. I think you know the, the standard of uh, yeah. the performances in the Premiership have been a bit hit and miss on all the teams, so it's quite open. But you know, it's like Man United were getting loads of stick early on, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, the top, you know, sort of top of the shop, and you think, well, how does that happen? But you know, the the, the standard's frightening. Um, you know, like I say, as an Arsenal fan, you know, we've got lads like uh, I was doing the, the radio, the the comms actually for. Man City and Arsenal a few weeks back and stuff for one of their games. When I looked at the team sheet of Arsenal and I looked at the team sheet of Man City, it was like chalk and cheese. It was so, you know, there's not, there's, there's probably maybe one Aubameyang maybe will get into a Man City side, whereas all the Man City players will just walk into the Arsenal team. You know, so some of these top teams that have obviously spent a lot of money recruiting mm. and, and you know, bringing in the quality, that, that, you know, that the, the, the squads they have are unbelievable. You know, and, and how managers at that level keep all them players mm. happy you know, I, I don't know how they do it because, you know, it's like as a manager, you sort of leave a player <laughs> out and stuff and some players will accept it. Some players, you're constantly knocking your door and it's like, you know, which is good, which is a good thing. Um, but I just don't know how they do it at that level because you've got, you know, you've got so many different types of personalities and that you've got to manage, you know, I think it's almost impossible. But, yeah, that's, I've, I'm not, I'm, I do watch a fair bit of football, but I'm not one of these that, I think, because football's always been my job. When I When I sort of come home, you know, I've got two little girls and that, and you sort of football's sort of secondary, mm. as it were, on the TV. So uh, it's only if it's an Arsenal game or a big game where, yeah, you know, I'll actually, you know, go yeah. to the office and, and put the game on. So, um, you know, I, I probably should watch a bit more football, but uh, I'm quite happy to get that get that break. You know, because I run an academy <laughs> as well, so the academy is my own academy <laughs> as well. So yeah, so it's sort of football yes. every single okay, day of the week, but so which I love. But obviously, when I'm at home, I tend to sort of not watch so much. What about uh, okay? You're not maybe not the players, but who do you see getting top uh, three spots? Then I, th- I think it's quite open. I think um, you know, Man United were doing well; they're not so doing so well now. I think Man City will always be there or thereabouts. Liverpool, you know, uh, dropped a few points recently, but um, yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but Spurs, you know, seem to be every sort of apart from yesterday, seem to be pulling out some good results. So, you know, I I, I, I think you know, Man City. Man United, Liverpool, um, and I hate to say it, but potentially Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, don't, don't see Leic- don't see Leicester staying up there. Uh, who, who's that lead? Oh, Leicester, Leicester. Um, Leicester. No, they've they, they probably been one of the best teams overall. I think you know, and, and he's not really got some. You know, the squad he's got is fantastic, but there's no real 
big names in there apart from the Vardys and stuff. I don't think you know. What I mean, he's got some good players in there, but he's he's done amazingly well with that yeah. squad. And they 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 all seem to work for each other. And uh, I know they got beat the weekend, but um, you know, I, whether they can sustain that, I'm not too sure. But um, you know, I think they they out of all the other teams, they would be the only one that could probably compete into that four. <laughs> I was just trying to get you to not. Well, all my mates, all my mates are Spurs fans as well. So you know, when, you know, this season's been an absolute nightmare. You know, I'm constantly getting bombarded with WhatsApp messages. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. What's the, you know, what what is what's next for you then, Ian? What you, you obviously, like you said, you got you you got your academy. You got Sanders. Um, what, what sort of the well, end goal for you? Well, just stay in the game, to be honest. Like I said, I've got quite a lot on the plate at the moment. I've got my own academy, which you know, I want to expand, and we've, we've sort of sold out, uh, which is running from Chertsey. Uh, I'm doing the, the, the comm stuff for Arsenal, enjoying commentating on the games that they do. Um, obviously, Sandhurst is sort of my first real experience since the sort of adult football. Uh, but it's been really it's, it's been really, really good. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, when you do go into management, all you think about really is the next game and what you're going to do in training and can we bring someone else in? You know, and it, it, it's when I go to the games and uh, training, I'm I'm double excited as I was when I was a player. I was so, you know, I'm so excited to get there and set the warm up up and get in the change room and do the team talks. And it, you know, it's it's something that's I've I've, I've really loved doing. So, you know, ideally, um, you know, uh, to to you know either take Sanders up the leagues, which hopefully we'll do, uh, or you know, an opportunity um, comes at a higher level. But uh, I think for me, you know, I'm sort of 46 now. I might have left it a little bit too late, but I think at the same time, you know, I'm I'm very dedicated in what I do and, I'm, and I'll always give everything for whatever I'm doing. So, um, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, uh, a career in, in football management is probably the way forward. You know, we, we've obviously been in Dubai for eight years as well. So I've had that experience of moving away from the UK and um you know Ryan's mentioned a few times you know jobs that came up abroad you know would we consider it and we're sort of open to because we've made that move before away from the UK you know I wouldn't be frightened of, of obviously I have to consider because I have two children and a wife but um it's something that we we've done and we enjoy doing and and potentially we could we could we could do that again so um you know but like I say if it's if it's locally and it's, it's you know, so many things that need to make it the right club, you know, budgets and training and, you know, there's, there's so many clubs out there that struggle to offer that, you know, so it's trying to bide your time and, and choose the right club that suits, suits, suits you. Yeah, no, bang on, bang on. Well, Ian, honestly, it's been a, been a pleasure and I'm sure uh, Mo will be uh, getting his memorabilia out now. He's probably already uh, looking at looking at it all back when you did that trip to Norway and stuff like that now. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on um, and I'm sure, yeah, our listeners will have a, have a few questions, especially the, uh, the Arsenal fans that you signed in the top four. But um, we really appreciate it, mate. Really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, guys, that's been another episode of Playing Out From The Back. Tune in next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.